Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Melted Faces with Hey Honey and Melted Facial. <laughs> melted Faces will be playing with their facials. Melted Faces will be playing at the Chapel Art theater the chapel arts here in vancouver on october the 29th that's melted faces october the 29th at the chapel and we heard hey honey by melted faces today on the nardwarty human serviette radio show interviews with the drums from brooklyn and comedian charlie murphy to prepare you for the drums, I thought I would get you all drumming up. We're going to begin here right now with some drums. Yes, some drums by Stevie Wonder. Here's Stevie Wonder playing the drums to be followed up by some drums-influenced music on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Now here's Stevie Wonder doing a drum solo. And then a whole bunch of music that the drums love. And then an interview with the drums. And then an interview with Charlie Murphy. Who are you? Oh, no, not that early, actually. We should say that. <clears throat> let's uh, try to find some drumming action here. And let's hope that this is right. Now, this should be him playing the drums, him being Stevie Wonder, and... And John... No, it is not. So, uh, oh, yes, there it is. Okay, of course. 
Here is Stevie Wonder on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show playing the drums. Now, why am I playing Stevie Wonder playing the drums? Because when I was trying to find out more about the band the Drums, who there'll be an info interview with on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show, where we're playing some influences on the drums coming up shortly. Before we get to the influences on the drums or bands that the drums like, I thought I'd play some drums by Stevie Wonder because if you go into YouTube and you type the drums, what comes up? But Stevie Wonder playing the drums. <laughs> Oh, 
and you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard, right there, The Wake with World of Her Own. And before that, Orange Juice with Rip It Up, the punk club version. Yes, you're listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show's preparation for my interview with the drums. Coming up shortly, an interview with the drums. Here's some more music to prepare you for the drums. Here are altered images.
you're still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there that Daruti column with Sketch for Summer. Before that, the Stockholm Monsters with Where I Belong and to begin the little set there, Altered Images with Happy Birthday. Coming up shortly, an interview I did with the drums and in the theory and in the spirit of the drums here are some more songs that i'm sure you drums fans and non-drums fans will actually enjoy speaking of actually enjoying stuff here on citr fm 102 cable 102 vancouver British columbia canada on saturday tomorrow there's going to be a book release party. The non-profit organization to destroy the world, Issue 2, book release party is happening. Tomorrow, Saturday, October 16th at 7 p.m. at their Interurban Gallery and Community Space. That's 1 East Hastings. That's at Hastings and Carroll. Quote, the non-profit organization to destroy the world is releasing the second issue of their self-titled publication. Recipes, blueprints, memoir, journalism, myth, and spam mail have all been invited in to create what the editors feel will be a satisfying and complex experience. Once through the doors, you'll be greeted by live music, theater, haircuts, yes, haircuts, readings, and food, and chill drinks. There will be poetry and prose readings, theater, short films viewed, live music, as we mentioned, free food, as we mentioned, haircuts, and it's by donation, the haircuts. A copy now of the non-profit organization to destroy the world issue two so they're having their release party, their book release party, tomorrow, that's Saturday, October the 16th, the Interurban Gallery, which is right near the brand new Scratch Records at the corner of Hastings and Carroll. And anybody 
that comes to this event, $10 to get in, will be getting a free, a free copy of the new nonprofit organization to destroy the world issue two book that is out tomorrow. So that's tomorrow in Vancouver, Saturday, October 16th at 7 p.m. Coming up, as I mentioned, an interview with the drums. And to further prepare you, as I mentioned before, for the drums, here's some more music. Right now, we're going to hear the pastels with Crucified. And after that, the drums with Baby. That's not the point. And then an interview with the drums. All on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. I know I should have stayed in bed, but felt enticed by the clear blue skies. A dumb mistake I realized the day that I got crucified. And I tried to be keen And I traveled the world To the American thing But baby, that's not the point Baby, that's not the point Oh, baby, that's not the point Baby, that's not the Oh, 
I'm Johnny from the drums. And Johnny, who else is in the drums? Uh, I have two other members, Jacob and, uh, and Connor. Hi. Hello, drums. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Who are the drums? Oh, they're a Japanese uh, drums cover band that we love very much. Yeah. How quick did they start? Oh, I don't know. Like six months ago, probably. Well, that's when they kind of surfaced for us and right before the first time we went to Japan we found them somebody played them for us I think that's awesome already the drums I know they're taking our thunder we'd like, to, we'd like to tour with them if possible we thought about it serious discussions yeah. what about other drums band like isn't there another band called the drums featuring a guy from the OCs uh, is that the band from San Francisco yes the drums featuring John Dwyer yeah they have a song about wanting m m money give me money or something yeah. We really like, yeah. And there's like two drummers in the band. That's why they're called the drums. Is that right? So what do you think about that? If you ever needed a new drummer, Connor, you being the drummer, do you think you'd go to the drums to help fill in for you? Yeah, I could use some time off. Are there a lot of drums illusions in the drums? Like a lot of drumming stuff that happens to you guys? What do you mean? Like well, well, for instance, you did an interview with like Nightline, I think it was, and I heard some sound check drums happening. Nightline? Nightline. It was some interview on YouTube where there was some drumming happening when you were trying to speak. What? Oh. oh. Yeah. The greatest interview of all time. <laughs> yes. Uh, that that actually was coincidence, that was I think. Rare. But we're so thankful for things like that. It got us through that night and other nights. We vi revisit that interview often, actually. <laughs> well, I think it's great drums that you helped introduce me to Stevie Wonder. Did we? Yes, you did, because I went into YouTube and I typed in the... Drums. And what came up? Stevie Wonder. Playing? I don't know. Playing? I've seen that video. It's Stevie playing drums when he was like a kid, right? Yeah, and I'd never seen that before. I never knew he played the drums. Oh, I love Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you didn't before? I didn't know that he played the drums and just put it over the top. Thank you, drums, for turning me on to... The Stevie Wonder, and you're welcome. He, he recorded like all the drums on his, on, on his albums, I think. I think he still does. It's incredible. I just love it. I'd, I'll check it out next <laughs> chance I get. Jacob, you like gifts, don't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not any more than the next guy, but yeah, I do. You like gifts, sandwiches? I think sandwiches. I do. Did do you have one? No, I don't have any sandwiches. Why'd you like the sandwiches? Oh, I'm just hungry all the time. I think I have a hyperactive metabolism or something. Peanut butter and jelly. Gifts are nice, but not necessary. Yeah, no, I, I, th I think you do like gifts more than the next person, though. You love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of year. And we have some Christmas for you, drums, right now. I would like you to tell me a little bit about this right here. This is a gift for you. John Fox. Oh. oh. This gentleman here, he started it all for the drums, didn't he? This is the starting point for the drums, right? What can you tell the people about John Fox? Well, I mean, John Fox isn't my starting point. I was more into, like, craft work and what else were we into? J.E. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this band called Joy Electric out of Orange County, California. Um, but John Fox was a big influence on them and, and, you know, sort of passed it along to us. But, yeah, synth pop was, like, kind of big for us. When Jacob and I met, we were both listening to that a lot. 
Well, there you guys have a double seven inch. That is. Look at how it folds out here. A possible, a po yes, this is a gift for you. This is a possible idea for a drum seven inch. I don't know who would be in the center. Who would be in the center? Uh, none of us are as good looking as him. Jacob. I would prefer Jacob. This quality to him. Would you like to see? Wow, that's stunning. Thank you so much. That's so nice. No problem. A gift for the drums. Now, I would like to ask you, Johnny, your band, Elkland. Elkland, why did you call it the worst thing of the past 10 years? <laughs> this is very strange that I'm holding this right now. Um, I, I just think it's a tragedy from A to Z. Yeah. But you guys got to play with Erasure. I think that was a tragedy, too. I would never do that again. And you're on FIFA PlayStation. <laughs> Can't say that's a tragedy. Well, see, no, that might have been the only good thing that came out of all that. But what can you tell the people about this? This is your band, Elkland, Rare Promotional, 7-inch. This is really weird. I forgot this even existed. Um, this is our sing single, one and only single, Apart. There were supposed to be many more, but this is the only one that came out before the band dissolved. Um, and uh, it's kind of this little annoying song that made a little splash in New York City and maybe LA, but this is very strange. I did the artwork for this, though. Also, you had a very good drummer. There was a good drummer, wasn't there, in that band? Uh, my brother, yeah. See, there's a lot of drums associated with the drums, aren't there? Yeah, my brother plays drums, too. Both your brothers. True. Actually, I have three brothers, and they all play the drums, too. It's really weird. Okay, help me out here. I tried to make John Fox the template, right? I tried to make him the template. Sure. But this could be the template right here. What can you tell the people about this particular band right here that we have for you, The Wake? Oh my, oh my. Well, that's the greatest of all. This band actually made us want to start the drums. They have a song called Pale Spectre. Uh, it's on, is it on here? Yeah, um, and that, when we, Jake and I heard that song, we'd been fans for the week and listening to them for a while, and we had never really listened to that song. And I remember just having a moment where we both were like, "Wow, let's let's write songs that sound like this." And we fell short of that, but kind of landed somewhere else. But the Wake is one of the coolest, most underrated bands, you know, ever. I think they're kind of what New Order should have been. That's what we, that's what we always say. And it's neat. You can go to England and you can check out all the places that they went. Yeah, we've actually met uh, some people from The Wake and hung out with them, and they're incredible. What's England like? You guys were saying you had cod and chips at a festival. Oh, that would be him. <laughs> I love that, cod and chips while watching a band. You could never do that in North America, could you? Couldn't. That's, I, when I am in North America, I make a point not to eat it, because I know that's the only thing I really eat over there. So I save it. So, Drums, you bumped into the wake. You also created some rock star moments with other rock stars. I suppose you could say something like that. I am alluding to the band right here, Altered Images. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, she's lovely in that. What can you tell people? Claire <laughs> from Altered Images. You had her up on stage. This is incredible. That is a bold photograph. Um, yeah, she, she sang, uh, she did a duet with us uh, for Don't Be a Jerk, Johnny. That's a song off our EP. And, and we asked her to sing with us, and she said yes right away. She thought we were joking. And we were very serious about it. And she put on this um, yellow dress that was probably one that she wore when she was doing Altered Images. But um, she was awesome and so nice. And she's since sort of become... Lady. Yeah, she's sort of become like...
she calls herself our mother and she's always like telling us to keep drinking eating you know vitamin c and things like that she brings things for us to keep us well on the road <laughs> i heard that she was afraid to get up on stage and she'd be perceived as a drums mom really oh, i hadn't heard that she didn't yeah. look like she was scared she was bouncing around like a firecracker or something. yeah she would just be singing and then you can watch it online she'll just be singing and then randomly walk over to you know jacob or connor or something and just push them for no reason like without them expecting it it's very strange behavior but we liked it we can tell people with altered images like pretty cool you had claire up there i think this is amazing like the drums made me discover stevie wonder and altered images and oh, caesar from the wake was originally in altered images and left the band right before they kind of blew up so is that how you got a hold of them no uh we got it just a friend of our, I, I guess she's like i think she still lives up in glasgow and uh, it's like a pretty small town or whatever. And we we just sent her, we got her email address and we just like sent her an email that was just like, hey, we're doing this show in London. Would you be interested in coming and singing with us? I have another gift for you guys, drums. Oh. Drums, here is another gift for you right now. A 1981 oh. seven inch by. Oh, orange juice. I was just admiring this artwork a couple weeks ago and I emailed it to everyone in the band and just thought it was the coolest. And look at that style, man. That is, that's like a real cool band from front to back. And that's for you guys, a gift for the drums. Thank you so Thank much, you. man. That's too much. Now, what's interesting is you're associated with Orange Juice, too. Like you, Johnny, you got to be on Edwin Collins' new record. Yeah, well, we all did. They played. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 we did. I played the bass guitar for the first time in my life. And I played drums. And you? And I sang a duet with him, yeah. And co-wrote the song with him. And co-wrote the song, yeah. I wrote the chorus. This is weird. Does all this sort of stuff happen? Like, you got Edwin Collins, you got Altered Images, and your first gig in the UK, two Smiths show up? <laughs> like yeah, that. it's... It's all happened so fast that it doesn't, it probably hasn't even really sunken in right, really, you know? Have all the Smiths seen you guys in the drums, or is Johnny Marr missing? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe he came to a show, but we haven't heard reports. We know that the other three have been there. Um, we've hung out with Andy and Mike a, a couple times. They're repeat offenders. <laughs> I love that you were on his radio show, Mike's radio show, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got a, uh, for East Village Radio, and I think he has another one. Um, but yeah, we went and did a session with him. I think we're going to go back and, and do it again. He seems like a good guy. Like I heard on his radio show, he said, here's Ultravox before he got bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's pretty opinionated and he's really, he has, his um, taste is still really, really sick, I think. Yeah. And of course, at that time, Ultravox had John Fox playing for them. Is that right? Before they got bad. Before they got bad, exactly. Well, I think everything gets bad if you keep it going for too long. You got to call it quits before it gets bad. And speaking of good things, we have to mention your manager over there, Amy. Amy, yeah. Oh. The coolest girl in the land. Now, what is incredible about Amy is she got Boy George to show up at your first UK gig? She did, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, I guess they're friends. <laughs> That's incredible, though. That is delivering, isn't it? Like, sure, we'll get Boy George to show up. Yeah, and Boy George shows up at your first UK gig with the Smiths. Yeah, it was really cool. Tiny little place. And then, you know, maybe a month later, we were having a Thanksgiving dinner in London and invited him over, and he actually showed up. <laughs> yeah. So we had Thanksgiving with George, so it was really cool. <laughs> Drums, I have another gift for you. Oh, yeah, that's too much. We have a gift here. Could you explain to me the importance of Daruti? Oh, Daruti column. This is great. I like um, I like them because you know I think 
more than either of these two, I am interested in kind of the, the early kind of rave scene. And they had some really important stuff that happened with that, um, you know, in, in the UK. And it, so I, it really resonates with me a lot. Like, I think and it's it kicks back to Morrissey, too, in a way. Because Vinny played in the Nosebleeds, an early band. I didn't know that. I knew about the Nosebleeds, but I didn't know Vinny was in it. I guess everything goes back to Morrissey, but still, I thought that was cool. Vinny from Daruti. That's very cool, man. That's really rad. Is this a gift or not? That is a gift for you guys. The John Fox, the Orange Juice, and the Daruti is for the... And is this a gift as well? No, you already have many copies of that, don't you? Haven't you broken all those copies? No, and I've, I've, you know... Have a copy of your own vinyl? I don't have this, no, absolutely not. I'm asking you guys a lot about records drums because you know about records. You can teach me. Thank you for teaching me. And you actually played Record Store Day, didn't you? Yeah. We did at Other Music. Was that when we did Other? Yeah, with the pains. What was that like? Did you buy any records that day, Connor? Uh, I don't know if I did. I probably should have. I'm sure one of us did. I don't think we've ever done an in-store and not ended up buying some records. We did an in-store yesterday, and I ended up with a free DVD they gave me of... Um, the Fabulous, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. Shot in Vancouver, that movie was shot right here. Oh, really? In Vancouver, BC, Canada. Oh, man. Later after this interview, we can go back and recreate some scenes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be rad. If, uh, if uh, Claire, Claire Dane, no, what's her name? Diane Lane. Lane, Diane Lane. If Diane Lane is still around and looking really cool. So, Record Store Day drums, can you explain to me, I'm fascinated, Jacob, by the oh. Stockholm? Stockholm Monsters. What can you tell me and the people about the Stockholm Monsters? You love these guys, don't you? I do love them. I think, uh, who was it? One of the guys from New Order discovered them somewhere and then brought them on tour with them, I think. And uh, They have one of the coolest music videos I've ever seen. What, what's the song? Oh, uh, Soft Babies, I think it's called. Yeah. That's an incredible video. Yeah, they're, so, they're such an interesting band because the singer is like trying really hard to sing and it comes across really well but you can tell he's trying really hard all the time yeah like he he can't sing and he probably knows he can't but he just wants to be the singer of a band that's the coolest thing how about north of cornwallis what's that band all about <laughs> north <laughs> why here we go connor it's just funny to hear north of cornwallis brought up anywhere outside of our bedrooms <laughs> uh north of cornwallis was a band uh from England from like the mid to late 80s and they did one tour with the House Martins and then broke up and um, and then uh, Lester the singer of the band went on to start Beats International with the guy who later became Fatboy Slim and uh, yeah and actually um, yeah grab grab the hot egg and he's working on something right now with uh, Heinrich from uh, Gangway there's a lot going on there. But Lester's a good friend. He's actually, he's, I've hung out with him a bunch because I'm just obsessed with North of Cornwallis. And uh, So for the fans of North of Cornwallis, is there anything officially released by them? Was there a CD a few years ago? What's going on with them? It's never been released. It's been, uh, I think they've had like one or two songs on like different compilations in the past. I think one was like a cassette tape. And um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually planning on releasing their album that's never been released on a record label my brother and a couple of friends of ours are starting so hopefully next year sometime the world will finally hear north of cornwallis for the first time thank you jacob of the drums the, of the <laughs> drums now drums what have people compared you to and what have people compared johnny to 
Oh, we get a lot of many things. Many things. People have compared usually compare me. I hear I think what I hear the most is the uh, bad guy in, from the Karate Kid, the villain. I think his name is also Johnny. I like the Calvin Johnson comparison. Oh, yeah, I'll take that any day. Of Beat Happening, especially since Connor is a big fan of, and what can you tell me about the pastels? Um, the pastels. Pastels are incredible. I found the pastels through Calvin, them. and I found them and brought them, too. No, I, um, yeah, I actually found a lot of music through K Records and Calvin Johnson and, like, just their affiliates and who they worked with, and uh, Stephen Pastel is still around. He uh, he had a couple labels and stuff, and he has a record store now in Glasgow that he's at every day, and it's just really cool. And you guys have been there? A few yeah. times, yeah. That were there, and he also did, like, um, Pastel's did, They didn't, didn't they do the score for that play? Yeah. Who wrote the play? Is this? Yeah, Caesar from The Wake has a theater production company now, and he's actually had the Derudi column and the Pastel's both do soundtracks for different plays he's done. Thank you, Calvin Johnson, though, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's great. And also, Calvin, living in Olympia, is near Vancouver. He would fly bands from England to Vancouver because it's cheaper than Seattle. So the Pastels did play Vancouver to one person. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's... It wasn't too good. Disheartening. <laughs> but still, it was cool that he tried. He did try. Yeah, that sounds good. you got to try nothing else. Speaking of flying, Johnny, what's this Quakertown Airport t-shirt that you have? Oh, yeah, that blue blue sweatshirt thing. Uh, I gave that away, actually. I forget who I gave that to. I fall in love on the road a lot, and I always give my clothes away. But is that because you guys are into flying, like a guy called Kelly told you how to fly? <laughs> what? Uh, well, that, that, that was so long ago. That French kid... In, oh, in, uh, in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, flight school. We were signing up for it, but we met this kid who was taking flying lessons and uh, from, from France. This weird, this random kid. Where do we even meet that kid? I have no idea. Oh, oh I remember, because I was working at a shoe shop down there, and he came in and bought a bunch of shoes, and he was French, and it was really weird. And I was just like, what are you doing here? And he said, he was, there's a little flight school that is literally next door to the apartment complex Jacob and I were living in when we were writing the record. So all day, little farmer planes are taking off like above us. It was kind of, it actually was like a subconscious inspiration, I think, for like the spirit of the, at least the summertime EP, for sure. So did you guys go to flight school, and is that why you have a Quakertown Airport sweatshirt, or you did at one time? No, I think like that whole like, <clears throat> the whole, you know, going to flight school was a big lie. But, um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> you know, can't give away everything. But, uh, yeah, no, that, I think that was just coincidence, you know. But I was drawn to it, I think, maybe in a subconscious way, you know. We love the idea of, you know, all that Americana stuff. Well, winding up here, drums, speaking of clothing and stuff, Halloween. Are you guys really playing with Devo on Halloween? Yeah, I think that is on Halloween. What are you going to dress up as? Diva. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really cool. They wouldn't be, be too thrilled with that, but maybe we could try it. <laughs> Is it true at one of your early gigs you just put on an iPod and started dancing because you had no more tunes to do? Yeah, we were supposed to play for 50 minutes in order to get paid, and we only had about 45 minutes worth of material because uh, none of us really play much of anything well. So the only, like Jacob, can only play drum songs on guitar because he's never played guitar before. So 
to to be asked to play another song just kind of off the top of our heads was literally impossible at that point we've sort of gotten better now but um, so yeah we played Saint Etienne and just danced around and invited people to dance but no one did <laughs> drums at your first gig I think I saw a video of it your first gig is your first gig on tape yeah I think so and there were some backup singers where did you meet those backup singers and where are they now <laughs> there's some old friends of ours that uh, you've known for since you were a kid, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I used to date one of them in high school. She's in the hospital right now. That's what I heard. Um, and the other one, I don't know. I think she's just working somewhere. I didn't know her that well. She was kind of a friend of my friend, yeah. And drums, you guys have some whistling in some of your songs, don't you? Yeah, especially on the EP. Now, Peter Bjorn and... John. They had quite a bit of whistling, didn't they? And whistling. That's kind of what they were known for, yeah. No, they ended up using a whistling machine. Have you guys thought about that, getting a whistling machine? I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, they had a whistling machine. How is the whistling going with the drums? Oh, we just played off tracks, like backing tracks. You know, tried a theremin, but that didn't work out. We also tried whistling ourselves, but it's really hard to do properly, like when you're jumping around the stage like we do. So... We figure people would rather hear something nice than something awful. <laughs> Johnny, your dad was a preacher? Yeah, is. is. What do you think about that whole Florida preacher thing that's been going on? Uh, is that about the... The guy that was going to bolt... And all that? He was going to burn the Koran? Oh. Did you ever hear about that? No, when did that... Some preacher in Florida, he threatened to burn the Koran. He didn't end up doing it, but it was just a rogue Florida preacher. Uh, sounds kind of extreme. Sounds familiar. Yeah. It's weird. Jacob, you've described the drums as the Barack Obama of music. <laughs> Have I? I'm sure. I don't deny that. But uh, We got caught up. Let's just say that. <laughs> what are the comparisons? What? How do you compare to Barack Obama? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a little extreme. That is extreme, but I probably meant something like tongue-in-cheek. Surely. <laughs> I want to believe it. I probably meant something, though, that we were trying to sort of change things or something. Change was a big thing with him. Yeah. We'd be part of some sort of revolution. You know, we li live our lives romanticizing every little thing, so that's probably where that came from. And lastly, drums, thanks for speaking to me, Nardwar, the human serviette. How damaged was the car? Uh, the car that, for, in Best Friend? Yes, <laughs> because I sat on the hood. <laughs> of your car. Um, well, but for people that don't know, you were sitting on a hood of a car for quite a long time, weren't you? How damaged was it? Yeah, every single day. Um, it was a little scuffed up, but um, I, fortunately I'd lost a lot of weight, and so it was fine. What type of car was it? Do you know? It's probably a VW Fox. I'm pretty sure, actually. 1989 VW Fox. Yeah. Navy, Navy blue. No, it was a burgundy. Kind of a maroon burgundy color. Well, that's where you and I differ. We're just going to have to accept that. But I'm the best friend that died, and that was my car. Oh, right. That actually was your car. Uh-huh. Okay. I was making it up, but that was his car. I'm serious. This is awesome, arguing over the car in Best Friend. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've never done that before. Well, thanks so much, Drums. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Um, thanks for giving us a chance. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Drums. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the drums with Best Friend. And before that, an interview with the drums. Coming up, an interview with Charlie Murphy. Here now is MC Wren with May Day on the front line from the CB4 soundtrack of which Charlie Murphy was part of. And in an interview with Charlie Murphy on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Now I know you don't like my saying this, but I can back it up. Program. 
Mayday on the front line. Front line. This is Charlie Murphy, and you are watching Nardwar's Video Vault. Got a lot of videos in there. Some of them is rated X. We'll get around to that later. But it's a vault. It's filled with videos. Nardwar, he owns it. Bitch. Are you? I'm Charlie Murphy. And who are you? And I'm Nardwar, the human serviette. The human serviette, Charlie Murphy, on a rooftop. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Where they have very good marijuana. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Charlie Murphy. Thanks for having me. Right off the bat, Charlie, is it true that you farted on Michelle Pfeiffer? No, I didn't fart on her. It was. You got that from my book. It, it wasn't, I didn't fart on it. It was one of those things where you know how you try to walk off and be a, alone, and then someone acts like that was their name, they just walk up on you. That was one of those situations. I was hiding and everything. You know, so. Charlie Murphy, you worked with one of the greatest entertainers of all time, Mr. Sammy Davis. That's right, the Candyman himself. That was on The Kid Who Loved Christmas? Who Loves Christmas, that's right. And that was Sammy Davis Jr.'s last movie ever? What was that like? Was movie, man, it was, it was, for me, it was awesome, you know. I, I actually, it was awesome to a floor because I was so happy that it was Sammy Davis Jr. that I was like, hey, it's Sammy, and Sammy was, you know, he was, he was sick. So I think I was a nuisance. Like, who's this bubbly guy that keeps coming around looking at me and going, that's Sammy, oh yeah, and he was feeling horrible. And it was the last scene in the movie, too, that you were in, too, where, like, you're smiling. It was, like, really great, the end of the movie. The end of the movie, Charlie Murphy smiling. The Kid Who Loved Christmas, and there was a hamster in that movie called Molly. Do you remember that? There was a hamster called Molly. It was, it was, man. And I guess I was wondering, Eddie Murphy put a hamster in one of his other movies. Did you have a hamster growing up called Molly? No. Because, you know, we realize that hamsters are actually mice with afros. Uh, people think they're pets and they have them in their houses, but the reality is a hamster, a gerbil, a, a guinea pig, all those are is rats with fur coats on. It's the same thing. You know, if you want to act like it's not what it is, if you, if, you, if you think I'm joking, just let him loose in your house and see if he doesn't burrow into the wall and start doing rat-like things. Charlie Murphy, I mentioned your movie career, but you also have and had a rap career. What can you tell me about the K9 Posse? Like we're doing slides now. Look, Sammy, and now we go to K9. And the first, first thing I want to show everyone, funny that you brought this up. Yo, this is your rap combo. Look right here. Look what it says right there. Executive producer Charlie Murphy. See? I produced it. I wrote on it. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't rap. I wish I would have rapped. You know, but we had a lot of fun doing K9. And you did the song Apartheid, too. That's the one you wrote, right? Apartheid, yes, I wrote this song. Yes, I wrote it. We was inspired by Public Enemy. That's who was the big banger back then. So we was inspired to do something in, in the line, you know, of like the type of music they were doing. And we wrote, wrote Apartheid. Yeah. And you had a good look, too, for the 90s. That was a good look, Charlie. That was a great look. But that's not me. That's my brother, Vernon. And this guy's name is Wardell. And both of these dogs are now dead. But um, they were great dogs. See, they could jump pretty high, right? So this guy right here. What do you remember about gigs, rap gigs in the 90s? Rap gigs, they were safer than they are now. You know, but they were fun, man. Speaking of... It's fun because it's young people, man, and, and everybody's just having a big, big, you know, big bash, you know? Well, speaking of safety and stuff, did you once play karate with Professor Griff? 
play. We didn't know we didn't play. We, me and Professor Griff from Propaganda. I mean, that's the guys. Kind of short. That will kick your. Can I curse? Kick your ass for real. And it, back in the day, you know, when, when Bruce Lee first came out with Five Fingers. No, it wasn't Bruce Lee. It was five, a movie called Five Fingers of Death. It was like the first action karate movie that came to our neighborhood, and it sparked off a whole culture where everybody was walking around with the hat. You know, the Asian hat, you know, the Asian karate slippers, you know, dojo pants and stuff. And we would all meet at this school called the Round School, and we would spar one another. Now, when you take karate, if you go to a formal karate class, when you start sparring and all that, you're barefoot. We was doing the ghetto style. We had pumas on. It's keeping it real. We was putting puma prints like, ba-ba, the whole side of your face. It was going hard. How was Griff? Griff was nice, man. He still, Griff still fight, man. Yeah. Charlie Murphy, sweat on my balls. Sweat on my balls. You're CB4. A CB4. There we go to the CB4. Another one. Another slide for you. Murphy's had a very colorful and illustrious career. As you see, we've got the, we're up to slide number three, and all of this stuff is big, big. Come on, man. Gets no bit, no better. Let's put the candy man in front. Well, back to the CB4, though. When you auditioned for CB4, is it true that you showed up with a gun with bullets? Yes. And I'm not saying anyone else should do that, but this is why it happened. I went in and I did the normal audition, and Chris Rock called me up that night and said, that was excellent. Now, tomorrow when you come in back for the callback, I only have one suggestion to you. I said, what's that? He said, I want you to be even meaner than you was today. And I was like, wow, to myself, that was, pre was pretty mean. How are you going to top that? I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to put bullets in the gun for real this time. So the next day I went in with a loaded 9mm. It wasn't loaded. I popped the clip in in front of them. They let them see it was bullets. Popped the clip in, jacked it, and then pointed it at Chris Rock, which was very crazy. But I did that. I don't know if Chris Rock knew the gun was loaded. And I would have never, you know. Well, I'm just glad nothing bad happened. I got the role, you know. Speaking of some violence and stuff, you survived, Charlie Murphy, the gathering of the Juggalos. I survived, and I'm, I'm a member. The That's the insane clown posse. I'm part of the family. Okay, it wasn't like I survived. I, I'm, I'm part of the family. And big up to the Juggalos. What's up? Well, the reason I mention is Tila Tequila and Method Man had stuff thrown at them this year at the gathering of the Juggalos. Well, they're not Charlie Murphy. How did you survive? What are your tips for surviving the gathering of the Juggalos? Real familiar with, you know, their movement and, you know, the fact that, you know, they're anti-establishment. So when you, when you go around them, you know, they're going to say things that may sound like insults, but it's, it's love. So I knew that, okay? And, and, and I came up with the same attitude. I came out and told them they could suck my, you know, I'm not going to go into all that. But you know what I'm talking about. Kiss my, you know, I told them to do all that. Eat smegma, all of that, you know? And they loved it. They was telling me the same thing back. And as a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube, you can see that actual uh, clip. But we had a good time. Charlie Murphy, another record for you right here. You worked with Red Fox. This guy, you, know, you got to give me this whole bag when this is over. I'm going to keep this whole bag of records. You got everybody here. Red Fox, this is the funniest man that I ever met in my life, bar none, okay? When I, first, I met him on Harlem, on Harlem Nights, and he, and he was like, you know, he was older, so he was like a, a grandfather figure. And I like, you know, sitting down and talking with old men, because old men got a lot of stories. So I have a friend named Woody, who, since he was about 10 years old, he had one rotten tooth right here in the front. So cut to me and Woody, we're now 24, 25 years old. This tooth has been black 15 years. 
and I introduced him to Red Fox, and when he smiled, Red Fox did 45 minutes of stand-up on his black tooth. And the very next day, Woody got his tooth fixed. That's a true story. Charlie Murphy, I have to ask you about this right here. This t-shirt right here. I'm Rick James. Bitch! Now, this t-shirt that I'm wearing right now, did you get any money for it? No. I mean, I should. I'm not Rick James. I mean, I hope, I hope Rick's family got some money for it. I, I didn't get any money for it, no. Because there was a lot of merchandising for it, wasn't there? A lot of merchandising, a lot of merchandising. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just honored that, you know, there is such thing as a Rick James bitch t-shirt. And because that's a reference to a sketch on a comedy show. I don't think there's any sketch in the history of sketch comedy that became, you know, t-shirts and buttons and all that from the sketch. Well, I love Rick James because he lived in Toronto, Canada for a bit and was in a band with Neil Young. Did he ever... That's right. Did he ever talk about that, the Minor Birds in Toronto, his he band? All, he talked about all, of the, all of the stuff he did in music. He was really proud of, of the things that he accomplished in music. And he was a true musician. He lived a life to the fullest. The whole, you know, the rock and roll artist. Because when I listen to the Minor Birds, it's like the Rolling Stones and Neil Young's playing guitar. It's incredible. It was only released a few years ago, the Minor Birds with Rick James. So he did remember those eras then. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. That was all part of his development, man. Charlie Murphy, is it true that Mr. Chappelle knocked out a bull? Uh, why are you talking about TMZ? Okay, now I'm going to put it to you this way. We went to the running of the bulls. I know you've seen them before. They released all the bulls. And the bull was getting ready to run Dave over. Dave Cocock knocked him out cold. I know you don't want to believe it, but you know, you gotta add this to it. He was very, I'm not gonna say he wasn't scared, he was horrified when he did it. So it was a lot of fear in that punch, but scored a KO. Big up for Dave. Charlie Murphy, what do you think your greatest hip hop moment is? May I put this forth? When you were tell you right now, my greatest hip hop moment came three weeks ago in Boulder, Colorado, when I was on stage with none other than the God MC Rakim, and that was that was incredible. Man. Yeah. I guess I was going to say when you were on the air with 50 Cent and Eminem and Woo Kid, you were on the radio show. On the radio though, that, that's different. That was a great moment. But I was actually on the stage like this with Rakim, so that had to be number one. When you're up on stage, are you able to see who's in the audience? Didn't Al Gore come to one of your gigs? Did you see Al Gore in the audience? You know, what did happen in one of my shows was I used to have this joke about Dick Cheney around the time when Dick Cheney uh, had shot one of his friends on a hunting trip. And it was a funny joke. I, can't, I don't actually remember exactly how it went, but I was doing this joke every week. And then we did a show in D.C. And uh, when the show was over, this guy walked up and said, Hey, Charlie, great set. Secret Service. I work for Dick. And I was like, yeah, oh, really? <laughs> I'm not telling that joke no more. Baboom. Baboom, yeah. Charlie Murphy, what do you think about Sarah Palin's jeans? Why do you like Sarah Palin's jeans? They fit right. See, you always got to respect a woman with a pair of jeans on that fit right. And she don't got a, you know, coat tied around her butt. You ever seen Sarah Palin with a coat tied around her butt? No, she has it out. That's what's up. Charlie Murphy, you have a character called Leroy Smith? Leroy Smith, yeah. That's, and then you can go check Leroy out on www.getyourbasketballon.com. It's a Nike site. You will have fun on the site, and you will be laughing because, yes, Charlie Murphy is appearing as Leroy Smith, and it was very funny stuff. I had a blast doing it. And big up to Nike. Let's do some more, you know? That's what's up. What I was curious about is you love the old-school comedians, don't you, Charlie? You have to. You know, if you want to be in the line, you have to know, you have to memorize and know 
the history of the land you're standing in. So, yeah, definitely. So you have Leroy Smith. I was wondering, were you perhaps influenced for that character by Leroy Daniels, Sex Mouth? Ah, this is hilarious, man. This is this is Red Fox. This dude right here was really tight with Red. He was on Sanford and Son, Leroy. Was, yeah, yeah, he was really tight. Because uh, Leroy Daniels, Leroy Smith, Charlie Murphy. I wasn't, you know, there's no, no relation, there's no relation, no connection. But, wow, where'd you get these albums from? These are all, these, these are, I mean, to a comedian, this is priceless stuff, man. Priceless. I love the Laugh record label, too. Do you know many artists on the Laugh record label? Laugh is a great record label. Yeah, man. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was nice. These are all the records that, when I was a kid, you know, they were in the drawer with the rest of the records, but you knew that if you touched one of these and got caught playing it, you was getting your ass whipped, you know? My parents would always say, we better never catch you playing none of those records. And, you know, as a result, me and my brothers memorized every one of these records. We memorized them, you know? Yeah. Winding up here, Charlie Murphy, Bo Bridges hubcaps. Where are they? Where are Bo Bridges hubcaps? <laughs> well, you got to ask the Puerto Ricans about that because that's who I sold them to, you know. That's just a joke. For those who didn't know what he was talking about, it's a reference to the very first film that I was in, which was called... The Landlord. The Landlord. It starred Bo Bridges, Bridges, Pearl Bailey, Lou Gossett, and uh, I was a little kid then, and I stole Bo Bridges' hubcaps in the movie. It took place in Brooklyn, so if you're a Puerto Rican and you got an attitude about what I said, stop it. You know, you live in Brooklyn, and some of y'all, come on. And Lou Gossett was in the movie, too. Lou Gossett was in the movie, too. Did any of your friends from the Navy go into showbiz at all besides yourself? In the Navy? No, no. All my friends in the Navy, they just went on to be older married guys. <laughs> That's what they... Yeah. Charlie Murphy, what is trickle-down P star 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 Y? A.K.A. trickle-down pussy, okay? That's what happens when you're around somebody that has too much on their plate, see? See, when you have too much on your plate, some of it's going to fall off. And if someone has the wherewithal to be standing under your plate with a net, they're going to catch it. Same thing with pussy. If somebody has all these girls, he only can be with one of them at a time, okay? So if you're smart enough to be standing around, you just wait for somebody to get bored, and you'll, what are you waiting in line for? Come on, I can do you right now. Bingo, trickle down pussy. Charlie Murphy, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Come to my show tonight, because it will be funny. Why should people care about Charlie Murphy? Why should people care? Because Charlie Murphy is your friend. That's why. Charlie Murphy is here to make you laugh. Think about the times we're living in right now. On some serious shit. You know, right now is, you know, really scary. A lot of negative things going on in the world. So you got to kind of look at a comedian as a form of an angel, whether you realize it or not. Because when we show up, you forget about your problems, and you just laugh for that time that you're with us. And that's why I think I have one of the best jobs in the world. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Charlie Murphy. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 loot do 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 <laughs> We work pretty good together. We should have our own show. We do a lot of little ad-libbing stuff here. Oh, that would be amazing. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it was a, let's get another one of the slideshow. Mr. Hot Pants. CB4. All classics. If you haven't gotten these, I suggest you go to a vintage record store, pick these up, because uh, this is the shit.
And this is Charlie Murphy. With the Candyman. And bonus toot toots. Toot toot loot do. Doot doot. to its highest peak, 
and the crowd is hype even as we speak. We're second to none, just here to have fun, and we're coming at you deadly like a bullet from a gun. The girls looking good and they're also holding. The fellas are freaking them, now they're bolding. Keeping your sight and your soul food, so fine do we be? K9 Posse, get loose. You can do it, show the world that you can. With us on your side, it's a perfect blend. Keep sliding and gliding across the floor. For sure, when we leave, you'll be begging for more. Get down, dog it out, hunt dirty dance. And if you want to get freaky, Levada dance. And act like it's your last chance to prance. You know the time just to want to leave your troubles behind. And when your heads are dry, you got us on your mind. So go crazy, get wild to this wild and crazy jam. Flex and expand like a rubber band. And get wild, wild, wild. Now let's go crazy, crazy. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the K9 Posse with Get Wild, Go Crazy, containing Charlie Murphy's other brother, not Eddie Murphy, but Vernon Murphy, the K9 Posse. And before that, an interview with. Charlie Murphy. To end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, here's something brand new from Glasgow, Scotland's The Plimptons with Virgin on the Ridiculous. I'm not a virgin in the strictest definition. 